there's the psychological thing that as a mother, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And, and you're treading water there, aren't you? You're not, you're not seeing your daughter and yeah. yet you're only bringing in enough to actually send her to somewhere where you don't get to spend time with her. So, And what I hadn't realised is in the three months leading up to that, my confidence had got shot. You never know what's going on under the surface with people, do you? That's part of what emotional intelligence is all about, is understanding that everybody's going through something. The, the hardest thing about that was nobody else having my back. If you lost it all, what would you do? Welcome to the Net Gain Club podcast. In this episode, we're going to be trying something a little bit different. I've got Emily in the hot seat, so you're going to be learning something about one of your hosts. So I'm going to be giving Emily a grilling. We're going to be finding out about her background, how she got into property and what makes her tick. So I can't wait to get started and I hope you enjoy the episode. Certainly, it's high time that our listeners got to know you a little bit better, I think. So you are now firmly in the hot seat. I am. I feel a little nervous, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so there's there's lots that people can learn about your journey. Um, you're pretty active on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll know the kind of projects you've been working on and, and your history in that sense. So it would be nice to delve a little bit deeper into, you know, how you got started what drives you? What makes Emily tick? I guess so. Oh dear. <laughs> what, so come on then. So why why are you why are you doing this? So what has got you to this point, and and what what caused you to get into investing in property in the first place? So in the very first place, I we had an interest in property before we started doing it properly, and I've got my yeah. quotation marks <laughs> here because. Property was always something that my dad had had. Um, He understood as a self-employed businessman or had a company or whatever that you needed to have something behind you. And I guess I didn't really appreciate that lesson until essentially you've kind of got your own kids and you're thinking about those things. And um, he had always looked at that as the legacy, as his retirement plan. And... It just, that was normal for us growing up. So very much kind of got involved with going in and doing some refurbs with them, getting my hands dirty. So always had that element of knowledge of property. I mean, I I just remember constantly painting skirting boards because it was easier for a 10-year-old to go down and paint skirting boards (laughs) than it was for someone middle-aged. And I guess that part of owning your 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 very first buy-to-let property and yeah. having an income from that until we we sold that property so that we could afford to buy our family first purchase really family house in in Edinburgh so we obviously quite expensive there and I hadn't realized how good that property was having that bit of income one yeah. was because I went to Matleaf and all of a sudden you're going right we've got this big mortgage and I'm on maternity pay and wouldn't it have been nice to have continue to have received that rental income but I didn't know anything about refinancing and all of that stuff because we hadn't had any education on it and ultimately we were looking to move from that flat and it had um, the prices in Edinburgh had gone up quite a bit so we thought we've got a bit of money 
do something with it. And so, yeah, that's that was the first point that we thought, let's go and learn. Let's learn about property. And it was a need of realising that we you need to make your money work for you. I don't think I'd even started my pension mm. by that point. So yeah. that was out. And I worked in an industry, advertising, marketing, which is work hard, not very play very hard because you're too busy working yeah. hard. Um, and pay was decent, but not not ever going to be able to catch up with not really having yeah. had a pension for years. So what was the pain point then? Because we know from experience that there's often the motivating factor to get into something like property. You're often moving away from something just as much as you're being pulled towards something. And, you know, on face value from what you've said there, you know, property's always been in the background, but, um, you know, good job, you know, half decent pay, young family by that point. So, yeah, one daughter, was she? Yeah. I think she was about three when we first started yeah. looking into this. So what was the real, what was the push for you? What was the deciding factor that made you decide to take the leap and go, do you know what, I need to do something different with my life right now? So I think there was two stages. The first stage was actually just starting the investment journey. And the push there was absolutely a daughter who we were paying about the same amount in childcare fees okay. as we were, I was taking in salary. Yeah. And I was doing three days and then four days a week. She was in nursery four days. And it was long days. She yeah. was the first one and the last one out. Even though we lived right next to the nursery, it was commuting. And there's the psychological thing that as a mother, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And, and you're treading water there, aren't you? You're not, you're not seeing your daughter. And yeah. yet you're only bringing in enough to actually send her to somewhere where you don't get to spend time with her so and i enjoy working yeah so there was a part of you going well yes i'm career focused because i like to have that but equally i i wouldn't be fully satisfied to be a complete stay-at-home mum. Mm. that's not how i was brought up yeah. so i would struggle to do that and you i've been brought up in a in a small island where there's a lot of opportunity to have that flexibility mm. you've got family around you so we can go pick them up we had no one both from the same island, come down here and no family, no one around us to give us that hand. So we had to pay for all the childcare. Yeah. So you've got that guilt, that constant guilt that you're not spending enough time. So that was the first point that was like, got to do something better for the family. And yeah. I mean, every Friday, so I had a Friday off work and that was property day. Yeah. And every Friday we were out dragging a three-year-old around and bless her like she was the best behaved three-year-old you'd ever met um absolute charmer helped quite a bit in the early days but i was dragging her out working yeah on a friday and we'd go view four or five houses really quickly as fast as we could just to yeah. patience level and then we'd go to play cafe and she'd sit love it like she Ooh. loved the whole thing yeah and then I felt guilty while i was sitting doing spreadsheets while she was in a play cafe amusing herself that you're not present not really yeah. Not really. But I knew that that was for a goal to get somewhere. Mm. So I didn't feel as bad about that, just going, I know this, there'll, there'll be a, an opportunity here. Um, And then the second, I guess, big kick up the butt or the push was towards essentially around about the time that I left yeah. my job. And that wasn't, that wasn't always the fairy tale, I've hit my goal. Okay. And now I'm moving. Yeah. And I think, I I never I never try and say that I was 
I had replaced my wage because mm-hmm. at that point I technically hadn't replaced my wage, yeah. but we had a pipeline. And the opportunity that we we had there was that my husband was still employed, a decent salary, and we knew that we had some other things that were about to happen. We had a couple of flips and the kind of lined up or going yeah. through process, uh, the purchasing. And ultimately what had happened was in our office, um, and this is not something that I've actually shared mm. in any way, shape or form, because I guess it probably took, in reality, a couple of years to come to terms with exactly what it was, how it affected me. Yeah. And how it affected what I was doing and the decisions I was making. Yeah. And almost did I feel like a fraud that I was left my job to work in property full time when I hadn't done the Mm -hmm. standard, I've totally replaced my salary. Yeah. And what it was, was in the background of of work, I looked after a team. Okay. And we'd hired someone and that person turned out to be a bad hire. Mm. But I am a eternal positive person and I took on a lot of this challenging person to to be like, we'll, we'll figure it out, we'll Mold work. shape. Yeah. Yep. And, um, oh, it's not as bad as it seems. It's not that bad. But what I hadn't realised was that essentially, and I, I didn't want to ad- really address, I guess, or really see what was going on, but it wasn't until one of the other people in our company um put in a formal complaint for bullying okay um against me right. as in I'm not the bully but yeah, someone yeah. was bullying me and i guess that was the bit that i sat there and went oh okay that wow mm. if someone else is seeing that then yeah. actually maybe it isn't all me mm. and what i hadn't realized is in the 3 months leading up to that my confidence had got shot right and you would because you're naturally quite a confident person, I would say. Yeah, generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'm probably more confident now at the back of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, I, I could stand at front of a room and talk. Mm. I have no issue presenting myself or putting myself there. And I've never been one to doubt myself. Yeah. I don't like doubts. Mm. I'm in or I'm out. If it works, it's great. If it doesn't, yeah, we'll figure a way. And I think that's what affected me the most was that I was doubting myself. Was I actually doing my job well? What? Yeah. How have I gone to this point where every other junior member of staff has really enjoyed working with me to someone yeah. saying that I'm the most horrific manager, Yeah. that I have so affected someone's mental health mm. that I must be a horrible person. Yeah. When all I was wanting was trying to help someone. So you're looking to yourself first and mm. thinking, well, am I the problem? You know, is there... You know, is there something that I've done? Is there something that uh, I, you know, has caused this kind yeah. of situation? And yeah. it kind of rattles your value system, I would imagine. Massively. Yeah. Massively. And I I guess there was, because I don't want to sit there in the office environment bad-mouthing someone, which was yeah. what was happening the other way around, mm. because as a manager, you don't do, I mean, that, I think ultimately that's what that person was trying to make me trip up. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So it's like this whole swan thing mm. on top of it. But I, you could tell this was swan yeah. was slowly withering and yeah. <laughs> feathers were falling off. It has to go somewhere, doesn't it, at the end yeah. of the day? And underneath it, like I was coming home, I was mm. just not... An, and that self-doubt was creeping in. And because we'd started our property journey, that was affecting it as well. Mm. 
And it was like, this is going to crumble everything. And it was affecting our relationship, my, my husband's relationship, because I wasn't happy. Yeah. And I was just trying so hard to keep everything together. Young daughter, how do you manage that? Mm. And for me, the the hardest thing about that was nobody else having my back. I was just about to ask you that. Like, what sort of support did you feel you had in during that process, making that big decision? I mean, these were all... Uh, in some ways, you could look at those as quite brave decisions to make. So how did you, you know, who did have your back during that Well, my partner, process? Ryan. Okay. Like, whatever I needed, mm. he was going to be there. And I guess yeah. the in the office environment, the people mm. I thought would have had my back didn't. Okay. And yeah. I think that was fear. Mm. That it had to be because... I had proven myself long enough that I was capable of doing my job. Why suddenly would I not be capable? This episode is brought to you by NPP Developments, your go-to partner for seamless renovation, construction and land development projects. Whether it's a small refurbishment or a grand construction of an investment property, they'll make your vision a reality while staying within your budget. With expert knowledge and a friendly approach, NPP Developments crafts projects to perfection tailored to your specification. Their dedicated project managers guide you every step of the way, ensuring transparency and quality. To find out more, visit northernpropertypartners.com forward slash podcast. And that annoyed me to not have that back up there being like, oh, maybe you should do this or maybe you should try this. You can do it. It's like, that's that's not going to help a internal. But did it also confirm that you were making the right decision? Well, so I guess what happened is well, there was a full HR process. Now, I also realized that was to cover the company's back, not my back. And, and to the point that actually, you know, there were, as you're saying, what what team did I have in place to take that decision to go, do you know what, I'm getting myself out of here. I could have gone yeah. and found another job. Yeah. But I knew ultimately that was just going back into the same cycle. And actually, I wasn't mentally ready to go into another job in the same industry. Mm. I, I actually think that would have been the worst thing I could have done at that time. Um, So... I phoned my accountant, phoned my mortgage broker. Mm. So really the mortgage broker looking at going, well, what can we do? Like, will I still be able to continue doing property? That was my fear. If I left my job, I can't do property. And he said, right, there's a way around it. Okay. And ultimately, your husband's mortgageable if you're investing together, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So that was like, okay, phew, tick box. Phone my accountant. And I've always said this, and I've said that to him as well, that my accountant is part-time accountant, part-time life coach. Yeah. And I phoned him up and, you know, I was probably in tears and just said, look, this is what's going on at work. What yeah. do we do? And he turned around and said, you're not happy. Mm. This is the first time you've spoken about this, isn't it? Yeah. I think I'm... I'll be all right. I'll have a moment. I was going to joke at the start of this episode. I said, right, I'm, you know, if I'm going to make Emily cry here, well, not for a easy. second thinking I would ever, that we would ever get oh, to I'm that point. But I am a crier. But that, that goes to the point that to anyone, you think you know them, yep. they put stuff out on social media, but, yep. oh, I'm a crier. I'll happily admit I'm a crier. Yeah, and it's... You know, you you never know what's going on under the surface with people, do you? That's that's part of what emotional intelligence is all about: is understanding that everybody's going through something. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah, and and also, 
you know, this will have shaped who you are now. It will have shaped a lot of your uh, attitudes towards property, a lot of the stuff that you're looking to get into at the moment. It will have shaped your attitude to the Net Gain Club, for example, and be a big motivator behind that. Um, but yeah, it's sometimes it's painful to dig under the surface sometimes and you know revisit some of those feelings you had before and i think probably one of the reasons i haven't talked about it is because i wasn't ready mm. like you you still process some of these things for ages after yeah and i think sometimes you don't realize how much you still are processing yeah. it um but it was it was that point that saying to my accountant yeah you're not happy something's got to change yeah and one of the things he said is, look, what you've done in this first year with a job, with a kid. Yeah. If you... Imagine what you could do. Yeah. If you... Yeah. I have no fear that you can do this without yeah. a job in the way. Yeah. And directors who don't have your back and yeah. staff that aren't sticking together. You know, your team that <clears throat> you thought you'd proved yourself to. You don't, you don't need that. Yeah. You've got the people who matter most to you in this world. Yeah. Your daughter, your husband, the rest of your family. Yeah. And that that was the big push. And I guess as you kind of go into the property journey, oh, heck, the pressure that was on yeah. there. Um, and for those that know the story after me leaving my job, um, let's just say my son was born nine months after I left my yeah. job. <laughs> so um, as far as celebration babies go, and um, <laughs> I was actually very, very ill while I was pregnant with him. So yeah. the whole leaving your job thing and actually not doing anything for four months because you're so ill and then I think yeah. we had two months and then COVID. So and you're, you're missing something else out in all of that, aren't you? And it's one of the things that I admire most about you and your story. Um, you, Your commitment to your family and your goals and your vision is almost boundless in the sense that when we first met, I forget exactly where you were in the process, but you were certainly looking at the idea of moving you had a a home in edinburgh yeah um which you owned i think do you, yeah, you own yeah. your house yeah and you you were looking to basically up sticks sell yeah. the family home and move to closer to an your investment area essentially so that you well, could a really complete new investment area yeah well yeah exactly um and so i mean most people that's just just so out of the realms of anything they'd ever consider doing yeah and there must have been people around you with the best will in the world who were saying, you, you know, if they weren't saying, Emily, you're completely <laughs> crazy, who were saying, you know, are you sure about this? Because we all have loved ones that, that want to support us and protect us and yeah. look after us. But with all of that going on, that that must have felt like a massive decision or, or, or not. I don't know. Well, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't. And I think some of that harps back to the fact that since that period of us going through that challenge... And then going into COVID, our family bond was this group of four of us that knew what we wanted and we were going to go out and do it no matter what. Yeah. And we'd had our busiest year. So I didn't take maternity leave. I took pre-maternity leave, trying to homeschool, which is a yeah. whole different challenge. <laughs> um, and as soon as we did our first viewing with my son when he was three weeks old. Right. And it was, we didn't stop. Yeah. And that is knackering. Um, maybe I'm still tired three years later. <laughs> Um, but there, there's a point there that it was a case of whatever is best for the family. Yeah. And if we wanted to hit the goals that we wanted to achieve in time, 
for our daughter hitting secondary school, our son hitting primary school, we had to make changes. Mm. And I think with that, that what that happened previously and and how we reacted to it, I kind of felt a little bit like, yeah, we, we it's only us in charge of our destiny. Yeah, we are responsible for what we do, and I cannot rely. And I guess what what's happened is it shaped my opinion a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm a positive person. So I think that's what hurt me the most. Yeah. Was that I never like to think negatively about people. Mm. Yes, I've become a bit more realistic. And I business is business. I get it. I understand who companies work. I understand risk and all that side of things. It, disappointment, I think, mm. was the, the main feeling out of everything. Yeah, yeah. But then to go, I'm not going to allow myself to be in the position that I take control of mm. what we do. Yeah. Um, and we we joke that we never thought ourselves going into partnership with anyone else yeah. until we went and mm. you know we're we're in the middle of this now so it's, and it's good and I'm enjoying it yeah but because we got to that point going do you know what let's just let's just go let's do it yeah. and it was an off comment that my husband had said is going well why don't we just move to England then and do it yeah and it was we never been to, I'd never been to Sheffield till the day we moved in that's crazy it was not crazy but it's that must have felt crazy and there there it, must have been some dis, despite how um committed you must have felt and clear on why you were doing it mm. there must have been some mum guilt at, at stages it, oh, yes but only because my daughter it was a case of her getting her head around missing some of her friends yeah change of school and but I know my daughter, and I know that actually, two weeks in a place, yeah. and 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 her, it goes into one of the stories we talked about previously about going into going up to Shetland and spending four months. She got this amazing experience to go and stay with her family in Shetland, make these amazing memories. Yeah. And the one thing that we did with her is we we do our goal planning with our with our daughter. Yeah. Son's too small at the moment; it'd just be about <laughs> seeing cows or geese. Um, but she gets involved in our gore planning. So mm. she know she's known what it is we're trying to do. Yeah. And we talk about the fact that, okay, if you want to get to that, she wants a house with a swimming pool. Yeah. So I got to figure that one out. <laughs> um, but to get her to see those things, she's also willing to understand that some of that comes with a sacrifice. Now she mm. still gets to see her friends from back home. I knew that that wasn't really going to be an issue for her. Yeah. And at her age, it's better that we know, she knows that there's a plan. And for her, I know how her brain works. She's a mini me. So as long as she knows there's a plan, she's following. She's she's okay with it. Yeah. So everything you went through during that time in the workplace, um, how has that shaped you? How has that shaped what you're doing now and your, your attitudes to things now? The bit that surprised me the most off the back of that was actually how little I cared about the individual yeah. that started everything. Yeah. Actually just didn't care. Yeah. I was so over that. Yeah. That's one person. That's whatever it is. It the bit that did upset me was the disappointment in the directorship, I think. Yeah. And therefore going, do you know what? I I don't ever want to be the director of an agency that was one of the big things it was like am yep. i going to property am i going to own a business mm. and i didn't see them as you know yeah. the same thing but ultimately um i realized that i i w i do want to work for myself i do want to be my own boss mm. i probably am not rushing to employ 
Yeah. Um, that that's something that I guess I always thought I was going to have a company of lots of people, and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want that hassle of this is what you have to deal with. I see yeah. it's not enjoyable, mm-hmm. and I understand it wasn't a fun situation to try and figure out. Yeah. Um, and so it has made me a little bit less unsurprised of disappointment and people are people people will always disappoint you so I care less in some ways Mm. but not in the ways that matter and I care more about Mm. the friends and the people that do stick by you so you've closed your circle and I I wasn't one to have a massive circle anyway Mm. but yes and actually the whole moving further away thing it it does define who Mm. reaches out and comes yeah. to visit yeah you learn a lot don't thing. you yeah um and and those people that are around you and equally your power team and who's got your back in those situations and you know who's who's gonna put effort and i even remember phoning my solicitor who was like you've got a case take it to court like this is ridiculous i didn't want that i'm yeah. not one f- i don't want to live through it again mm. let it go I, the money wasn't the motivator mm. because it's about quality of life and happiness and mm. my goal out of that was like you want to be happy yeah and you know still figuring out exactly yeah. what is that end goal of happiness and we're working our way towards it and it's yeah. it's lovely to do yeah. that with the kids but it's really interesting to hear you go into detail on this because i knew the surface level of some of this you kind of alluded to mm. it before but it's really a lot of stuff adds up now because yeah. i think one of your Strengths. I was about a, to say, what have you been thinking about? Because yeah, it made sense. <laughs> no, you're one of your strengths, though, as a coach in mm. in supporting people in property, which is obviously what we spend quite a bit of time doing now. Is that balance that you strike between being able to give people a kick up the backside? Yeah. Because you know, no one's ever gonna be able to accuse you of not having taken action and not allowed things in your life to be an excuse mm-hmm. so you, you sit on a, a very firm foundation of credibility there but also showing a lot of like emotional empathy for mm. the fact that it's not a one-size-fits-all yeah. situation and trying to understand what people are going through and how that is going to shape you know their drivers and what might be best for them yeah. You know, and it's about it's about the person in in a sense of yeah. understanding what they want to get out of the process, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the big things that out of that whole situation was, who am I? What do I enjoy doing? What do I love? Yeah. And in my previous world of work, I loved my team. Yeah. I loved having people that I was coaching mm-hmm. and mentoring. And I guess I hadn't quite put my finger on it. And of course, I got into coaching and mentoring. And I, I genuinely enjoy, I genuinely enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. And so when we were looking at something like Net Gain Club, it's yeah. because I actually like the people. Yeah. <laughs> For us, we put on networking events. I want to know how people are doing. I want to see people and sit down and have a coffee and spend time with people. Yeah. And if we can turn it into a business... And it's something that helps me do my day to day. Then fantastic. But we've always had a lot of common ground, and and I I know why. What my motivating factors were to shape Net Gain Club the way we have, but now I understand yours mm. a lot more. Why we've built it community first, why we've built it up around support, yeah, as opposed to maybe slightly um, arms length. Yeah, I was going to say like you know just just bums on seats yeah you know churning people through a training course you know 
and I think I can see now a little bit more about why that that what's driven you to get to that point. And also, when people who are leaving the world of work, you leave behind mm. your team, you leave behind your bosses and your mentors, mm. assuming that you get on. And I've had some most amazing yeah. directors, bosses, mentors in that world and in property worlds as well. And it's 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 tied. So for people who are leaving their job or are at that point or have gone through some crap and you're disillusioned with it mm. it's like having that group of people around you that they become your work family yeah and it, it can be lonely and one of the big reasons that when i moved down to sheffield was meet as many people as we possibly can and that's something that i i said to you quite early doors is i came here to meet yeah find my people yeah and it just so happens that me and you have very similar yeah. tastes and Caroline and Ryan, we all get on well, the four yeah, of us. Yeah. And so that's that's what I came to find. Yeah. And when it works, it works well. Yeah. How much have you been driven by a desire to stick it to them? To prove people wrong? Not as much as I thought. Okay. I, because I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wondered whether you'd say that. Yeah. Um. I thought it would be a big driver mm. and actually it's so irrelevant to mm. me and I can hand and heart say that and because yeah. it's taken a long, I would say it's taken a long time. I had to get there quite quickly yeah, yeah. because otherwise it would eat you up and it's not a healthy place to be mm. and to go from that level of unhappiness to go get out of my life, mm. I had to just go, I don't care. I yeah. actually don't care. I wish everyone in that situation the best because mm. ultimately... God, that sucks to yeah. want to be that kind of person. Yeah. And I think that's where I ended it going, that's it's, okay. That's funny you say that. I, I, I'm, I've been asked kind of a similar question before and my overriding feeling towards the people that I've left behind, if you like, in my previous work is I feel a bit sorry for them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm certainly not, you know, there their opinions of what they think of me is is uh, couldn't be more of a distant memory but yeah. yeah i feel slightly sorry for for them being stuck in that situation i don't i don't even get to the pity because it's for me it's like if you want to change stuff you change stuff it's up yeah. to you you've all made a decision I, I just it's a weird feeling of real nothingness mm. which yeah i guess is created but i mean obviously i still have some emotional reaction yeah. to what has gone on but that's about me and that's me going i'm never going to be in that position again yeah and knowing that we've put in the work to be like yeah. that's i don't need to be there again one last question because mm -hmm. you've been through the mill already yeah. <laughs> um this is a slight sidestep anyway but i always think it's a fascinating question to ask i think it reveals a lot and that's and, and i think we all have cause to ask ourselves this question mm -hmm. sometimes but if you lost it all, mm. so everything you've worked so hard since that point to build up yep. your portfolio, the financial security that's created, if you lost all of that, some freak market crash, whatever it might be, what would you do? Would you do anything differently and what would you do? I would probably do it all very similarly again. I mean, certainly there's little tweaks to be made mm. here or there, but I know how to make money. I know how to pivot. I know how to change strategy. I know how to look at what's there. You go in with less fear. I mean, I, I can't say that for sure. I wouldn't know having not been in that position. But we have 
angel investors if we had to, if we had to sell our entire business to pay back our angel investors we'd do that without yeah. a heartbeat of a thought because there's some people that have put massive trust in us and yeah. i have no issue saying that they get paid first so if we need to sell everything to pay everyone back on all the projects because the market changed and we didn't have enough equity in those current properties i'd do that and then i would look at it going right we've just got to get back on it got to find a way of making money and that's not to say that when you're working on property, you've not hit some which call them squeaky bum moments mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I haven't had that refinance back in. I've got to pay this person. Ah, mm-hmm. so you know, you always know there's a way to do it. Yeah, and it just means that you would do it quicker, faster, and potentially you would have to have had and made a learning from whatever it is you could do. Should you have divested in other things quicker? Should you have? put more security should you have dug a hole in your back garden with some gold reserves i don't know i don't have gold in my back garden and that's the foundation of confidence isn't it is Mm. it's not the knowledge itself necessarily it's you know it's not it's not what you know about hmos and Mm. flips it's the fact that you've got the confidence that if you had to start from scratch and do it all over again you would find a way you would know how to put your first step forwards yes. and what that would be and that is always from that point it's always the scariest for anyone yeah. starting new in this and therefore it is easy as mm. a coach to look to someone and go just do that it's very simple because it is simple yeah um and sometimes we need reminded of that at yeah. times you need someone there behind you kind of go yeah. come on get on with it yeah, yeah but yeah no i would quite happily know that i mean if i had to go get a job to pay the bills again I've had no issue going doing that. Yeah. But I would be looking to recreate a business, start again and build up. And I don't think I don't think I would look at that as a failure. It would be tough. Yeah. But I think in the long term you would look at it going, Well, people have failed before and they've risen and yeah. that'll just be that'll be another story for another podcast <laughs> and hopefully never. Um but yeah. yeah, I don't I don't have a fear of not ever being able to create a business well i know you pretty well but i feel i've learned a few things about you in that little chat so thank you for opening up i'm sure our listeners will uh, have taken a lot of inspiration from that um and it's been yeah it's good for people to get to know the real emily that's your turn next mark Gosh, dreading it <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna make me cry <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to like and follow to make sure that you never miss a release. And if you're interested in finding out more about the Net Gain Club, please head on over to our website, netgainclub.com, to find out all about our membership benefits and the events that we've got coming up.